These are those with a tremendous truth and those that got a little happy in them. I like it. I like it. Psalm number 27, the, uh, 127, the first verse is the uh, text verse. I want us to keep our Bibles in hand. We're going to look at two verses in Colossians. We're going to look at four verses in 1 Corinthians. And we're going to look at one verse in Proverbs. Just to give you a heads up, that's where we're going this morning. I'm going to preach on the subject, the Lord is the builder. The Lord is the builder. I don't know of a more encouraging truth for me than this truth this morning. I believe that if, if it is as half of encouraging to you as it is to me, that it'll be worth your coming this morning. The Lord is the builder. He says in verse, 20, uh, verse 1 of 127, except, in other words, there's no other way. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except, in other words, there's no other way. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Heavenly Father, help me as I preach this morning. I am um, very excited about the truth that I'm going to preach. And I pray, Lord, with that uh, excitement that I enjoy, uh, Lord, uh, when truths that I know can be a great blessing to us, I pray that you would, with that excitement, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would fill me, that you would put your good hand upon me, that I may be pleasing to you and deliver the message, Lord, that you would have for us this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. From the beginning of the word of God, we find the mighty power and strength of God as the book of Genesis begins telling us the story that God created the heaven and the earth. He is a mighty God. From that point and going through the scripture, we find that God is the creator. He is the sustainer. He is the savior. And he is the coming judge. Except the Lord build, and you put whatever you want in the blank, it won't be built. Now I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to a few verses. Colossians 1, the entire passage is an encouragement and great instruction. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Colossians chapter 1. One of the most important truths in all the Bible found in verse 16. The Bible tells us in verse 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him, comma, not period, but comma, were created by him and for him. Then the Bible says in verse 17, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. The word consist means to be held together. If God didn't hold it together, it's not going to stay together. That's what he's saying. Now, you go to John chapter 3, and I want to ask you to turn there. But in John chapter 3, we find, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. First John, he said, This is the record that I've given of my Son. And he goes on to tell us that there's only one way to be saved, and that is through his Son, Jesus Christ. 
We find uh, throughout the scripture everything that is accomplished in our world and even in our lives is accomplished by the mighty hand of our God. The Bible says in Romans 8.31, What shall we say to these things if God be for us who can be against us? Take your Bibles and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, here we have the preaching, the presenting, the planting of the gospel. And I want you to notice what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 6, Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he says, I have planted, Paul has watered, but, and that is very similar to the word except, but God gave the increase. If God didn't give the increase, there wouldn't be any. Now look at verse number 7. So then neither is he that planteth anything, that's me, neither he that watereth, that's us, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18, Jesus said, But I say unto thee that thou art Peter, Jesus speaking to Peter, and he says, Upon this rock, talking of himself, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I gave verses this morning that the Bible tells us that God is the giver of life. God is the builder or the creator of the world and everything in it. God is a protector and the builder of the house. God's a protector and builder of the city. God is the saver of souls. Everything that is accomplished is accomplished by the mighty hand of God. We often get the idea that that's our job. But it's God's job. You say, well, what, what part do we have in it? Do, do we do nothing? Do we just watch God work? No, I'm glad that God allows me to have part in the work that he does in this world. I want you to take your Bible and go to Proverbs. This is the last verse that we'll look at in Scripture this morning, and I'll finish preaching on these verses. But I want you to look at verse number 6. There are 12 words in this verse. And there are two statements, uh, six make one statement, six make another. On one side is our responsibility, the other side is God's responsibility. The Bible says it like this, In all thy ways acknowledge him, that's my part. In the city, the house, the saving of souls, the building of the church, everything that's done, my part is to acknowledge God. Not only to acknowledge God, but to acknowledge my responsibility that God has given to me. As a husband, I have responsibility. As a pastor, I have responsibility. Are you listening to me? I have a responsibility in all my ways acknowledge God. What does God say about this? What does God say about this? What does God say about this? God said, well, you do the planting, you do the watering, and I'll give the increase. He says, in all thy ways acknowledge him. And then he says... And then he says in the last part of verse number 6, And he shall direct thy paths. In other words, God gives the outcome. God gives the increase. And all of the verses that we read are similar. All of these verses that we read are similar in their statement. So 
as the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 6, in all thy ways acknowledge him. As the Bible says in Colossians 1, 16, everything is created for him. Everything is held together by him. It is our job to acknowledge him. It is God's job to direct our paths. Now, we have to be sure to stay on our side of the equation. I will not be successful in directing my paths, but I can be successful in acknowledging him in my life. If you'll stay on your side, you'll stay encouraged in life. If you get on God's side and try to pick or choose or determine the outcome, you're going to be discouraged in life. I can't control the outcome. I can control the input. I can control the input. In all my ways acknowledge him. And then God, I trust that you'll do your part and direct my path. Let me give you some illustration. A Sunday school teacher, a lady, taught Sunday school for a little more than 40 years. She was always in her place in Sunday school. She taught for more than 40 years. Her husband, too, was a Sunday school teacher, not quite as long as she, but she taught more than 40 years. She came to a time and age and ability in life that she was not able to teach Sunday school. A church invited her to come to their service, and they wanted to honor her for her years of faithfulness as a Sunday school teacher, to which she commented, I haven't been a really successful Sunday school teacher. I just taught five-year-old boys. And I've taught three, four, five, six, whatever's been in my class. I haven't really done anything spectacular. I just taught my class every Sunday for 40-some years, but nothing ever big happened. I just taught my class. When she went to the church for them to honor her, they introduced her to the pastor. And the pastor introduced her to a church in a crowd of several thousand people. And he said, when I was a five-year-old boy, a very poor boy, a boy that my father was an alcoholic, I was so poor that I didn't even have shoes on when I went to church. And this, and this lady picked me up, a five-year-old boy, set me on her knee and said, God loves you as much as he loves any other boy. He said, I've been telling that message since I was a little boy, and today several thousand people want to say to you, Sunday school teacher, thank you for being faithful in your class. Now, discouragement comes when we say, I want to be a Sunday school teacher because I want this to happen. Now, wait a minute. You're going to get discouraged because God directs the path. My job is just to acknowledge God and my responsibility. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Now, I'll say this again in a minute, but I'm so excited about saying it. I'm going to say it now. <laughs> then I'll say it again when I get back to it in the, in, in, in the lesson here. If, 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 I, if I just live for the outcome, what if I die before I get there? Have I died a failure? But if I live 
for acknowledging God, I can go to bed tonight and say, I have succeeded in God's will for my life because I acknowledge God in all my paths today. But if I say, I'm not going to be a success until I have that much money or until I win that many people to Christ or until I have that size of a church, then I can say I'm a success. No, I can't control my paths. I can only control my acknowledging Him. Because you see, except the Lord build, it can't be built. Except the Lord protect, it can't be protected. I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You watered, you sowed, I gave the increase. You can go home today and say, I obeyed God. I acknowledged him and I sowed the seed of the word of God. I acknowledged him and I watered the seed that someone else had given. And God said, success is you acknowledging me in your life. My job is to direct your paths. Men in our world today are discouraged and defeated in life because they're not focusing on what we can do, which is acknowledging God. But rather, they are attempting to do what they cannot do, which is direct or control their paths. You can't control your outcome. There are folks here today we would look at and say, boy, he's been a great success in life or she's been a great success in life. If I could just do that, I'd be thankful. You may live life discouraged, but you can say today, I may not have what appears to be the success they have, but I've still given it all I've got in what I've done. And you can go home today and say, I've acknowledged God in all of my life today. I've obeyed God in my life today. God is the one that gives the increase. God is the one that does the blessing. I'm going to be thankful for the fact that I'm a child of God. I'm going to be thankful for the fact that I get to have a part in the work of God and in the blessings of God. I'm thankful for that. But I can be a success if I just acknowledge God and obey Him in my life today. You see, my focus as a pastor is to be on my responsibilities as a pastor and acknowledge God in my life as God gives uh, uh, requirements for a pastor and he gives expectation for a pastor. It's my job to follow those and acknowledge God in my life as a pastor. It's up to God as far as uh, my, the directing of my past. I'm not to focus on being a successful pastor. I'm to focus on being a successful acknowledger of God as a pastor I don't know what success as a pastor looks like I know what we think it looks like can I tell you when my wife and I came to Lexington in 1991 we didn't come to build a big church we came to acknowledge God and the responsibilities that he'd given us in our life that included witnessing to every person we could find. That, in, that included giving the gospel. That included preaching the word of God. It was up to God. You see, it's discouraging for a pastor to say, I want to do what Pastor Fugit did. You can do that, but here's what you do. Acknowledge God in all your ways. 
you may not have the same results. And that's up to God. That's not up to me. That's not up to you. Are you with me this morning to understand the fact that my job is to acknowledge him? My job this morning was to recognize him as the creator of the world. My job was to recognize him and the greatness and the power of who he was. My job was to thank him for his goodness to me. My job was to thank him for the salvation that is given to me and the precious and sweet Holy Spirit. My job was to spend time in prayer. My job was to prepare the sermon. My job is to preach the sermon. I know what I'd like to do sometimes. I'd like to get a hold of folks and say, are you listening to me? I'd like to make folks listen, but I can't. I can only do what God tells me to do. God's the one that gives the increase. Now I'm going to tell you something. That's no, that's no excuse for laziness and say God's going to do everything. God can only bless the work that I do. God can only bless what I acknowledge. God can only bless my obedience. My focus in marriage is not to have a model marriage to say, I want to have a great marriage. My focus is supposed to be on my responsibility as a husband. I can't make my marriage great. But I can be obedient to God and what he gives me as far as responsibility is concerned in my marriage. I'm thankful for God's blessings in my life. I'm thankful for God's blessings in our church. I'm thankful for God's blessings in our marriage. But my focus can't be on the result. My focus has to be on the obedience. A farmer can put the seed in the ground, but he can't determine the but he can't determine what he's going to get. Now, I understand the more he sows, the more, the more he's going to reap, and that's a Bible truth. But he can't determine, nor can he, dis- how much, nor can he determine if he's a success or a failure by the outcome. He can only determine that by his obedience. I don't know about you, but that's a great relief to me. Amen. I don't have to live under a pressure where I hit myself over the head with the Bible. Say, you're a failure. I'm not a failure if I acknowledge him in my responsibility. I'm not a failure if I acknowledge him in my responsibility as a soul winner. I can't save anybody, but I can witness to everybody. I, I, I can't make somebody get saved. I can give them the gospel. I can give them a gospel tract. I can take them down the Romans road. I can take them uh, to Isaiah 53. I can take them to the book of Revelation. I can take them to many places in the Bible and show them that they must be born again. But it's up to the Holy Spirit of God uh, to speak to their hearts. It's up to them to be obedient as the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you something? I can go to bed a success tonight by saying, I did what I was supposed to do today. Here's an interesting one. I'm not to focus on how many friends I have. I'm to focus on my responsibility as a friend. I can't make you be my friend, but you can't keep me from being yours. And can I tell you, happiness does not come from how many friends I have. I feel like saying amen. That's good preaching. <laughs> now, now listen, I, I can't, my, my happiness doesn't come from how many friends I have. It comes from me being a friend to those who need one. It, it, it's not what comes my way. It's what I give. Can I tell you something? We've got so much humanism in our scripture, in our, in our understanding of scripture today. We interpret it as, as if God exists for us. That's not true. 
God doesn't exist for me. God is not standing there waiting as a genie in a bottle for me to tell him what to do. I stand here as a servant of God saying, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to please you. You say, well, I'd rather have a God that would do what I told him to do. Well, I'm sorry. That's not what kind of God you have. But if you want to have joy and gladness and happiness and you want to know that your life is fulfilled, report for duty every morning and say, Father, I want to serve you today. I want to please you today. You'll go home tonight and say, I'm satisfied. I'm thankful I've given what I can give to serve God. Focus on the work rather than the results. Psalm 127, Matthew 16, 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, through and through, focusing on results as a gateway to discouragement. America is more blessed and successful as far as money and things are concerned than it ever has been. You understand that? Our, our nation is worth more today. We have more today. And yet it's the most depressed, drug-addicted nation in the world. Why is that? Because we think the world exists to make us happy and we've missed the fact that God created us. He didn't just create us by his power. He cre created us for him. We, we used to focus in America on our responsibilities in life rather than our success in life. A man didn't just enjoy his paycheck, he enjoyed his work. If a man enjoys his work, he'll never have to work another day the rest of his life. He'll just enjoy life. And if you're in the will of God, your work in the will of God, you can enjoy life. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is not found in the things we pursue. It's found in obedience to the responsibility of the things that we pursue. Freedom isn't free. There's a price to be paid. You don't just say, I want to enjoy freedom. You say, I want to protect my freedom. There's not joy in just using the freedom. There's joy in protecting the freedom and fulfilling the responsibilities to freedom, the responsibilities to our life and to our work and what God has given us. You see, in everything we do, we must focus on the responsibility and not the perceived outcome if we're going to enjoy life. If you dream about how things will turn out, you live in discouragement. I can't control that, but I'll tell you what, I trust God. Ever how he wants it to turn out, I trust him because he's in control. I can trust him because of his word. I can trust him because of his will. I can trust him because of his works or what, he, uh, what, uh, what he's already done in the past. I know God loves me and he does what is best for me. And it's not my job to control the outcome. It's my job to control the obedience to God. Have responsibility in rearing children. But I can't make my children serve God. And I can rear them right. I can keep them from places that would ruin their lives. I can keep them from as many people that would hurt them. And I can teach them the truths of this book. But they have to make the decision that they're going to serve God. All of us are children of the Heavenly Father, and yet the Heavenly Father has many rebellious children today. That is not God's fault. That's the decision of the child. But I do have a responsibility in the rearing of my children. And, and, and can I tell you, it really didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to when, I, when we had children. I thought they'd sleep at night. I, I, I thought when, when Joel was born, we probably put 30,000 miles on our car getting him to go to sleep. And, 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 and he had the colic. He had it so bad I got it. I mean, we both cried. 
I could get him to sleep is get him in the car. And you'd drive and he'd go sound asleep. As soon as you'd stop, he'd wake up and cry. He came between my wife and I. I didn't care about that at all. But you know what? I had to focus on not the outcome. I had to focus on what my responsibilities are. You understand God has given us. He, he said, look, here's how I want you to live life. Here's how I want you to obey me. You obey me. You acknowledge me in all your life. And I'll direct your paths. Now I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the blessings of God. I'm thankful for the goodness of God. I can't control the amount of those blessings or the type of those blessings. And some things I thought were not a blessing ended up being a blessing 10 years later. So I can't be upset at God. I can't be mad at God. Even, even when things seem to turn out wrong, it seems like I've been doing right and the blessing didn't come. But the result of my doing right ended up being a blessing a few years down the road. In all thy ways acknowledge him. That means in your marriage. That means in your walk with God. That means in your ministry. That means in your Sunday school class. That means on your bus route. That means in your nursery. That means in your job. That means in everything that you do. We're to acknowledge God. Let me ask you a question, a personal question. I don't want you to answer me out loud. I want to ask you a question. Have you acknowledged God in your life today? Or did you just get up and get ready for church? Has there been a time you realize there's a God up there and there's a Holy Spirit in here? Acknowledge him in all thy ways. Acknowledge him. I'll tell you how to get more out of church. Acknowledge him. Lord, I'm going to church today. Teach me what I need to know. Change what needs to be changed. Adjust what needs to be adjusted. Take away what doesn't need to be there. Give me what I need. I acknowledge you in my life today in the singing and the preaching. I acknowledge you in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. I'll tell you this story and I'm finished. It was the early to mid-1800s. A church in Scotland. And they had come to the end of the year when the churches would do a report on what had happened in the year. A number of folks saved, baptized, offerings that were given, things that were accomplished, typical church record. A particular pastor in Scotland had been sick for a good portion of the year. And as they were going over the report of the year, he said to his deacons, gentlemen, We've only had one convert this year, and that was one little boy. One of the deacons recommended that the pastor resign. So the pastor said, well, I agree. I have been sick. We only had one little boy saved all year. And so the pastor gave his resignation. The little boy that was saved that year, his name was Bobby. His last name was Moffat, Bobby Moffat. He would grow up and he got saved when he was a little boy. At age 21, he became a missionary in South Africa. For 50 years, he and his wife worked in South Africa and they summarized his life 
that he had led a multitude of people to Christ. A story was told later that Sunday that Bobby Moffitt got saved. After the service, they took the offering plates and they counted the offering and they put the offering plates back in their place. And one of the deacons came back into the church and Bobby Moffitt had taken an offering plate, what they, were, what they used for an offering plate. And he had set it on the floor and he was standing in it. And the deacon said, son, what in the world are you doing? You're standing in the offering plate. And that poor little boy said, I didn't have anything to give Jesus this morning. So I want to give him me. Now the pastor resigned because the only person they had saved all year was we, Bobby Moffat. A multitude of people came to Christ as Savior because of that one man's life. You know where discouragement comes from? Is saying, Lord, I thought you would direct my paths like this. Well, I thought you would do this. I thought you would give me this. I'm on the wrong side. My job is to say, Lord, I acknowledge you in my life today. Without you, I'd be on my way to a devil's hell. Thank you for saving my soul. My job today is to make a difference in the lives of others. My job this week is to give a gospel tract, to share the gospel, to be a witness, to be a light, to be salt. That's my job. I acknowledge you. My job in my marriage, I'm to acknowledge your instruction in my life. My job as a pastor, my job as a Christian. And Lord, I want you to... Now, wait a minute. That's God's side. This is your side over here. All of our discouragement is discussion on that side. If we stay on this side, we stay encouraged. If we do, in fact, acknowledge God in our life. Stand with me, if you will. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I watered, I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. I say this week, let's go acknowledge him in all that we do. Before you eat your meal today, bow your head and acknowledge it was God that gave you that meal you're about to eat. We, we, we don't pray for show. We're not, we're, not, we're not trying to impress somebody when we pray. We're just saying, Lord, I acknowledge you with my meal today. I thank you, Lord. You're the giver. You, you, when we put our tithes and offering in the offering plate, you know what we're saying? I acknowledge that you're the giver of everything I have, and I acknowledge you by giving back what, what belongs to you. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us today to understand our work is not that difficult if we'll just do what you've told us to do. Lord, you are the builder. And I pray that you'd help us not to discourage ourselves by trying to determine outcome but just determine obedience. Decide obedience. I pray, Lord, if there's one here today that does not know you as Savior, I pray they would trust you as their Savior today. I pray, Lord, if there's one here today discouraged, disappointed in life, help them to quit looking at goals, results, but, Lord, to look at their responsibilities of acknowledging you in every part in all their ways. Bless, I pray, in our invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. He's going to